Welcome to the Mutual Success Podcast, where we hear how entrepreneurs and extraordinary sales professionals are helping each other, their clients, their communities, and maybe even saving the world. Hello, Greg. Hello, Stephen. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. Oh, I forgot I left my, uh, my background on. <laughs> I love that background. <laughs> Let me uh, change if it you up. Want, if you want, that's a nice background too. What's your location? Uh, Frisco, Texas. So just outside of Dallas. Okay. This is actually my, my humble abode. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a uh, sweet location you got there. Uh, today, I'm working from home. Ordinarily, this hour I'm at One World Trade Center, so I get a, a oh, nice, sweet view out the window there from floor 85. Wow! Well, that is that I, I'm already jealous. I, I, as you can tell, I'm a fan of like just you know amazing aerial views, mm -hmm. and I I would argue that you may have the world's most exclusive view on the planet. Well, you are more than welcome to come up and bring a friend or two anytime you're in New York City. In fact, I'll go as far as to say if you if you're in New York City and you don't look me up and give me a call, eh, I don't hold grudges, but I'll <laughs> definitely uh, call you out. So oh no, no, no. I, I'm going to hold you to that, and you okay. may regret it. <laughs> All right, then I'm looking forward to seeing you face to face, but. Um, yeah, I'm first of all, I'm really pleased that you agreed to participate in this. Uh, this is a brand new podcast as um, the first publication of uh, any podcast has not gone out yet. I've done six so far. Um, I'm really enjoying it and, and I'm looking for people kind of like you, you know, people that are dynamic salespeople who uh, take the profession seriously who enjoy all the beautiful rewards such as a great view and you know don't shy away from the idea that you know sometimes we have to use our uh, skills uh and you know strong reasoning and persuasion to bring people to a decision that they don't realize how much it's going to benefit them and then further after a nice win-win transaction, which occurs uh, hopefully more often than not for, for guys in our business, then those benefits begin to radiate out, you know, not just to our customers, but the people in the customers' lives, our fellow employees, uh, other stakeholders, whether it's, you know, owners, shareholders, uh, people in the community. And, uh, you know, in my view, the things we do ring out to the edge of the universe, <laughs> just like that's how it came to us from that source. So um, I like to start at the beginning. What what got you interested first in the idea of, of sales and serving other human beings by uh, bringing to attention something that uh, they may or may not think they need? No, uh, absolutely. That's a great question. Uh, for me, it actually happened by happenstance. And it was a I was fresh out of college and I went to work for a small reseller or a, a VAR is what they like to call themselves. And they were essentially the only company that re replied back to me. This was back in 2004. The job market was ups and downs during that time, especially here in the area. And I wanted to get my, my sink my teeth in into, into the tech industry. So this was like my first time to really get that exposure. 
So we basically dealt with IT services. And this was my very first job that I was able to get. Um, worked there for several years. And it basically laid the foundations for my career without me realizing it. Mm -hmm. well, where... Let me interrupt you for just a second, because going back to 2004, there was a, a, a real strong uptick in unemployment as a part of the uh, 2000, 19, uh, 2001-02 tech bubble. And sure. there were a lot of people in uh, the IT sales business that uh, had been sidelined because of that, because there was huge layoffs. And even after the beginning of the recovery, which started in 03, the big companies had their pick. So it was a very selective process. And in a way, you were lucky to, to get your start as a, as a rookie, but they were, they were also kind of keeping the higher compensated people sidelined for a while. So that, in a way, was a great opening for you. It absolutely was. And it was an opportunity that I didn't realize at the time how big of an opportunity this really was. It wasn't until many years later that I realized that this was really just not only just a, a look of the draw, but also this was an opportunity that I am very happy that I was able to stick with and 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 really, you know, sharpen my my tools, so to speak, because mm -hmm. it was um it, it wasn't a job that I really wanted at the time, just because I I didn't really know know if sales was was my forte. In fact, I was super green in the space. And in fact, um, I was one of three new hires. They only had the an opening for one. At the end of the trial period, which was a month, they would base off on performance and only keep one of the three. So we knew going in that this could be a very short-lived position. But at the time, I was fresh out of college. I knew my options were very limited, and uh, I, I wanted to take it. Since I was so green, so new, I happened to fall in third place out of the three. And I, and I was had had to have that uncomfortable conversation. So I made that deal with them because I, I was desperate. I was like, I, I need to have this job. I know I could do it. I got a few small wins. How can I convince them to give me another shot? So I told them, give me another week, but you don't have to pay me. I will do it for free. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the week, if you still feel that you you made the right decision letting me go, I, I completely understand. But just give me one more week. I'm so close of really breaking through. I feel like I, I can do this. And he agreed. So that was a, an agreement that we made. I was completely happy working for free for that week, knowing that I could come away empty handed or the much greater upside I could have the start of a job not realizing that was the beginning of a potential career so needless to say i finished that week i closed three deals that week which equaled the the number one person he was very happy knew that there was you know there was uh some potential there and kept me on uh two years later i was a top salesperson for the organization awesome so, story you know it was like those those challenges that made you become stronger and in this particular industry where you get rejection after rejection after rejection and just becoming comfortable hearing no is when you really got to understand, okay, what is it that I got to bring to the table that benefits them, but also benefits me? And it was that very first lesson that I learned that I understood, okay, this is 
the number one thing I need to bring to the table is understand what is their pain. So to kind of shift a little bit from, uh, from the background, there are three key tenets that I always look when I'm working a deal and to see if I have an opportunity. Number one is, is there a pain? Number two is timeline. And number three is budget. If I am missing any one of those three, I do not have an opportunity. There is no deal to work. And I understood that the timeline was a month that I was given. The budget was very scarce because there's only one position open, but I had to understand what was their pain and what was my pain as well. And their pain was to find good, reliable people that could help bring revenue and profit to the company. And what I had to do to make sure that, that I was able to ensure that for them to keep my job. And I kept those three tenants with every other deal whenever I'm working with a prospect, a client alike. I need to understand their pain. I need to understand their budget and understand their timeline. And the most important of the three is the pain. So one thing I was able to learn is that people make decisions intellectually, but they buy emotionally. And of course, pain is one of the biggest emotions that there is. So if you aren't are able to quantify that pain and if the pain doesn't hurt enough, they may not ever take action. So you need to make sure, especially when they're early qualifying stages, is to qualify not only the prospect by those three tenants, but also you need to quantify that pain. Does it hurt enough for them to take action? And do you have the proper stakeholders who experience that same pain or different pains that you can identify to make sure that you're able to work all angles on a deal and really maximize the deal to, to both benefits, not only the organization, but also your own. Well, it seems like you uh, took to that uh, like a fish to water, uh, <laughs> first with your own career, in fact, not even knowing that you could bring and satisfy that budget to the table and uh, you went for it, which, you know, even in, in the, the, the best of qualifying approaches, we know that sometimes we may not get the whole story. They may not even know the whole story, um, but that's it's in the crucible of, you know, preparing for those presentations as you did with your, you know, getting out there and busting your butt. That's when we find out sometimes a little bit after that, that we are qualified and they are qualified to proceed. So that, what a great lesson in sales. Um, and you, you've been in, in a number of roles. We want to get to your last role because that's the one I find the current role, which I, I find most intriguing. But um, can, you, can you think of anything before you got even got into this business? Because obviously that you, you were put on the spot really fast. And with a week to go, you came up with this solution, which is basically a combination of curiosity about how to do it. Uh, creativity and how you're going to pull some sales out of a hat and diligence, which are my three key approaches to solving any problem. Where did you get that? How did that come about? Talk about that for a little bit. No, for sure. Uh, so curiosity is definitely one of them. You know, I wanted to see for myself if I could actually do this and become successful. And then a little bit of just determination and desperation, mm. which, you know, for a, a lot of people, you have a combination of all three into into their careers, any particular deals or or anything. And I think it's it's important to have a little bit of all of those. It's 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 nice to have that hunger, and I definitely had that hunger then and still do. Uh, just because 
the further up you move along and the bigger the deal becomes, the more complex it becomes, the more room for disaster you're inviting. So in order for you to really be able to manage that, you got to have that tenacity. You got to have the determination and sometimes even have a little bit of desperation just to make sure that I will do whatever it takes to not lose. And, you know, that's something that is vital in this business or, or any business and be able to succeed and become in a top tier of, of, of any profession. So that was something that I really uh, took with me, have always had a little bit of that with me. Um, I credit a lot of that just with my upbringing. Um, I, I was raised here in the States, but I was born in Brazil. Most of my family is still there. And just the, the kind of uh, leap of faith that my parents took to move us from a very comfortable living in Brazil to starting over here in the United States. And just uh, just taking, having a, a no prisoners taken type of attitude. So it was just like, we've made the sacrifice. It's time for you to be able to carry your weight. So, uh, you know, having a little bit of that and having a little bit of my parents, you know, in the back of my head, always kind of helped me push a little bit further and further and further and really test the limits and just kind of see, okay, what are the challenges that are ahead of me? And how much of it can I accomplish? Well, you, you uh, definitely uh, have made that quite apparent in your career so far because you you became the top salesperson in a short period of time. But then you you said I I, I want to go venture into something else. So talk about that decision. And you know we've got a couple, so make it quick <laughs> on how you yeah. decided to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll start from continue off from the beginning. So I was there for two years. I left for another company. And then a couple of years later, um, I went for another IT company, which happened to be a competitor of the first company I had worked with. However, I knew from my tenure at that first company that they had purchased from my new company as well. So knowing all of their pain points, understanding their business, understanding what, what type of things that they would invest in, which ones that they wouldn't, what their margins... Having all that understood and all the key stakeholders, I took on to become their account executive. So turned out that very first company that gave me my shot in my career turned out to be one of my biggest customers at the new company that I joined. And just having those relationships, not burning bridges and keeping a relationship with them really aided in, in, in my career moving forward. Um, but was there for several years. And then my brother, who had worked at a cybersecurity firm, reached out to me. He's like, hey, there's an opening in their sales team. I think you would be interested in it. So uh, I took another leap of faith, joined that, and really ventured into the cybersecurity world, selling SaaS products. Um, was there for many years. From there, I moved into another company, went to data analytics. And then from there, there was the brand new world of Web3, cryptocurrencies, very exciting, but it was more of a culmination of data analytics and cybersecurity. So we went straight into crypto analytics and crypto security, and that's where I, I am today. Well, we're, we're now talking about uh, where the axle of uh, cybersecurity, which is obviously one of the most critical um, challenges of the modern world and that that um you know everyone has all their data 
and also on, on the web. And it seems like almost every single day we're seeing a security breach. So, so cyber security, cyber crime is one thing. And now you're bringing in another thing, which is financial transactions and economics, uh, which of course attracts a third element, which is, you know, very, very sophisticated criminals. <laughs> so, so we, we know that, that, uh, as far as the future of the economy, as it is, you're really in one of the most critical areas. So, uh, talk about how you, you, uh, you know, qualified for this opportunity, uh, how you approached it. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about just, just what, what's going on over there, your current company, which uh, you're allowed to say who they are. And we, we want to hear a little bit about that, that company too. Absolutely. So it actually stems from my cybersecurity days. Uh, just working there is when I really started looking and researching into cryptocurrencies, particularly into Bitcoin mining. Uh, that had a lot to do with my my brother there as well. But just the the people in the cybersecurity space were some of the early adopters of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies. So I, I had that exposure then. Uh, coincidentally, it was one of my former colleagues from my, my cybersecurity days who approached this opportunity to me into uh, crypto analytics. Um, I worked at a, a different company than the one I am now, and the one I am now is called Claim. Um, I during my time at the previous crypto analytics, it is when I got my full exposure into the space. It was a much larger company, but I was also able to see some of the pitfalls that a larger company in the space can provide. So it's a very unique space to where it's ever changing, ever evolving, and you have new challenges that come up very, very often. Uh, for instance, just 24 months ago, no one knew what NFTs even stood for. Now it's ubiquitous. So, you know, it's, it's just how quickly the space can really change and, and having that agility is paramount. So uh, I came across Claim. Um, they, I was really impressed with what we're able to do, particularly when it comes to working with demixing. So for those who don't know about cryptocurrencies and mixers, it has become a thorn on the the compliance and regulation side when it comes to working with wallets that deal with mixers. So mixers are is a solution that was brought about for crypto wallets to obfuscate their identity. So they go through mixer, making sure that no one can track their transactions in order to maintain their anonymity. That is a double-edged sword because a lot of people who uh, are participating in illicit activity are exploiting that that system and we've uh, we've noticed that a lot of bad actors have taken into mixers to really hide their tracks and oftentimes whenever an investigator is working on a particular deal or a particular case and a wallet ends up at a mixer that tends to be the end of the road for them there's no more breadcrumbs to really follow or there may be too many breadcrumbs for them to follow to where it's just going to be too much of a, a time consuming for them to really do any impact. So Clay has come up with a, a new solution for this with a reliable demixer to where we are able to really track any particular wallet that ex is exposed to a mixer. And given our different algorithm and also just looking at the deposits, the withdrawals, how much time they've been in the mixer, we've been able to make those connections with high certainty that this is the breadcrumb to follow. And we've been able to really uh, identify a lot of bad actors and fulfill a lot of cases that have been dead 
because of this new solution that we've been able to bring to the market. That's awesome. So really, you've got taken cybersecurity, which, you know, traditionally means protecting our own identities, which, you know, you've participated in that to a great degree in the past. But now you, you've taken that one step further to, you know, assisting law enforcement, assisting pr most likely the banks, I guess, to, to make sure that anytime there, there's a breach, which obviously has happened and is happening, that you've, you've got a great resource to recover that. Is that right? That is correct. And, and to really be one step ahead to where if you want if you want to have full visibility into the blockchain, you now have that available to you. So if there's a, any particular wallet that you're interacting with and you want to have transaction monitoring conducted to where you want to make sure that you're only interacting with legitimate wallets that are there for the purpose of conducting business, as opposed to possibly partaking in illicit activity, you now have the ability to do so. And this is particularly important for companies and private entities who want to protect their branding. You know, they, the last thing they want is to be in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, not doing their due diligence. So uh, that's where we, we come in and help them out with that. Okay, great. We're going to come back to the, a little bit to the mechanism, uh, but we want to talk about another thing because now you're as a director of enterprise sales for Claim, uh, you're probably you probably uh, are working with a larger team that you have responsibility for. Is that right? Uh, absolutely. So, so talk about uh, you know the, the the additional challenges as you you rise up you know the ranks as a salesman, and now you're not just involved in sales, but managing people and building a team. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're looking for, you know, top talent, the number one thing I'm always looking for is curiosity and just how how outside the box they're able to think. Uh especially when it comes into this space. And it 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 deals with any other industry as well, but particularly when it comes to web3, cryptocurrency, blockchain, because it is ever evolving, you have to be able to think on your feet and when things change, you got to be able to really respond accordingly. So uh, I'm always looking for people who have a high degree of curiosity more than even their experience. So if even if they lack a cybersecurity background or an analytic background, if they have a high degree of curiosity to where they're able to learn very quickly and just really immerse themselves in this world, that is one of the biggest things that I'm able to big, pick out as far as a key characteristic that will be very helpful in, in this particular industry. Uh, the other thing is just being able to manage people as a whole. So one way that I always go about is uh, I always have a one-on-one -on -one with each of my members on a weekly basis. And on that one-on-one, -on -one, we spend the majority of the time talking about deals and about where they're at and what are their activities to build pipeline, all the things you would expect. But I also want to know them on a personal level. I want to know where their headspace is at. I want to know what challenges they're facing on a personal level. All that is important for me to know, so that way I can give them as all the help that they need, not only professionally, but also on a personal level to know that, listen, we're we're in this together. I am only as successful as you are, and I am willing to do whatever it takes to give you all the resources available to make sure you succeed. So if it's a, a combination of they just lack the resources or they lack the knowledge, I try to be ahead of that to make sure that they have all the training that they need to make sure that they can speak on a particular subject or be able to encounter a particular prospect or a, um, you know, a particular subject matter expert and be able to talk to them to really uncover what is their pain. 
And oftentimes you're not going to be able to understand the true pain unless you're able to earn the time and the respect of that prospect. They, they just won't tell you the full story. So the only way to understand that full story is to really understand what is important to them and for them to understand that you know that as well. Well, it sounds like you are a great mentor and a great resource for building a team. And, and you're probably like me, uh, getting the opportunity to, to watch other careers grow that you've been able to foster over time. Um, so now let's talk a, a little bit about um, let's say the future of your industry, if you could, because, you know, we, like, us, like we both uh, acknowledge that there's, there's been some, some great uh, news reports that have uh, shined tremendously negative light on, on a lot of different companies and, and, you know, their different responses kind of shift away from the fact that it was a, a failure of creative thinking about how someone else is going to attack you. And um, so you, you're really a, a, a evidently a, a strong strategic thinker let's without giving away the you know the special sauce talk about some of the, the strategic ways that uh, you intend to approach this business uh going forward no absolutely and, and this particular space as everyone's well aware by now is extremely volatile so you know you have companies that come and go and some that stick around and during this time to where you know is dubbed the crypto winner which happens periodically whenever you have a series of bull runs followed by you know, crypto winners. Um, it's very cyclical, almost predictable sometimes. It's just that once you're in the middle of that crypto winner, no one knows if that next bull run is ever going to show up again. Um, personally, I think Q4 of next year, Q1 of 2025 is what most analysts are saying for the next potential start of the next bull run. Uh, I happen to think that that is the case as well. But a lot of companies who are in the same page are really positioning themselves right now to where they have the proper infrastructure, they have the proper tools in place so that when the next bull run does come around, they're ready. And you see that with a lot of financial institutions who really position themselves in even traditional financial institutions who, are, who want to make sure that they don't miss the next wave who want to be able to have an option for their customers to increase new revenue streams and, and open up new revenue streams for themselves. And I began to see that this is all happening in the background and because they know that it is an in, inevitably um, an event that will take place as to when no one knows, but um, everyone seems to be in line with, you know, there will be another bull run in the near future uh, and we want to be ready for it. Now, on that same note, the more people that are adopting this, the more potential bad actors could be adopting it as well. And they're looking for new exploits. They're looking for new ways to really take advantage of people who are new to the space, who don't understand really the full inner workings. And, you know, just like when it came with the, you know, the beginning iterations of the internet and email, a lot of the scams came about from those, those different pathways, particularly emails. And bad actors are looking for those soft targets in any new space. Cryptocurrency is no different. So we're, we're aiding and helping these fencers and financial institutions and uh, government entities to be ready for that, to when you know, they have the proper tools for transaction monitoring and also crypto investigation tools to where they can conduct investigations with a high probability of certainty. 
that that is where we are uh, we're staking our place in this space so it sounds like uh just to take take it from my perspective as a as an old time banker you're looking to broaden and deepen the penetration so that some of your current customers which you're all b2b right now but is that right but as time goes on as you said the acceptance comes in and there's deeper penetration that people are going to be protected from some of the scams and, and so forth. Is that right? That is correct. And it's to allow people to have the utmost confidence that this is something that is reliable, that even in the event of a potential scam, you do have tools in place to be able to fight back. And, and that's what we want to really present there to help that next wave of adoption. Awesome. And you're seeing that there is some, uh, acceptance and engagement with with people on, on this type of product already absolutely and in fact you know some that you just wouldn't ever think uh, i'll give you one example there's one that is a hospital system mm -hmm. and unbeknownst to me at the time they receive a significant amount of donations via cryptocurrency and for them one of the biggest obstacles is they need to protect their brands because should their brand become tarnished in any way, that could take a big hit in their donations. So for them to have that visibility and who they're interacting with, who they're taking money from is extremely important. And we've been able to provide that visibility to them to where they, whenever they receive any transaction, but particularly large donations, they need to make sure that that donation is a clean donation. It isn't tied to any particular illicit activity. So that's one way we've been able to help them such an organization that you wouldn't necessarily think of cryptocurrency who is exposed to it. So the exposure rate of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is, is wide ranging and ever increasing by the day. Awesome. Well, uh, we've pretty much used up our time and I think it's, it's been a very exciting uh, interview. You've shared a lot of terrific updates about the industry along with sharing your own insight and strategic thinking, which I think is probably the, the number one theme of, of uh, this conversation is that you've been a strategic thinker from day one, and you've been able to just build with your experience, uh, with your diligence and curiosity that is, has really been uh, beautiful to see. And I, I know, uh, along with myself, the rest of my team, and, and hopefully many, many viewers will uh, look forward to following your career and, and the success of, of what you do for many years to come. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you again real soon. Take it easy. Absolutely. Thank you, Stephen. And uh, get that room ready for me in New York. My <laughs> pleasure. God bless you. Ring, ring. It's over. <laughs>